0: You know, Philippe, what you're doing, I may not understand it, but it's,
1: it's something,
0: something beautiful.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and
1: its remakes. Hello and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to
2: watch, the original or the remake? Okay, so welcome. Today we have a special guest joining us from the Real Films podcast. Is uh, Jamison? How you doing, Jamison?
0: Great, great. Thanks
2: for having me. Absolutely. Uh, now you do a few other things, actually. You what? You do like two or three other podcasts and a radio show locally uh, in Wisconsin. Uh,
0: yeah, I got a couple podcasts. Uh, I got a radio show. I have a television show. And uh recently started writing for a website. So, yeah, it, it's enough to keep me busy, that's for sure.
2: Oh, good God. I don't know where you find time.
0: Uh, you just have to find that 25th hour of uh, not sleeping.
2: Right. And, and you teach class on Sundays. Yeah. yeah so you, you do quite a bit. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> right. Uh, well, uh, thank you for joining us again um, on your show, Real Films. You covered Man on Wire. So yes. I thought it'd be fitting that you join us for this. And uh, you and I, we, we go back a couple years, um, uh, became friends on uh, another show. So Man on Wire, it is a 2008 uh, documentary, uh, film documentary, directed by James Marsh, written by Philippe Petit, who also wrote the book that this uh, documentary, I guess, um, takes. Well, he wrote both. Did he write
0: both? Yeah, I mean, he wrote his memoir, and then the the documentary came with it. Yeah. Got it. Okay.
2: So, um, you know, it includes footages of his, uh, you know, well, it was chronicles him um, basically planning to walk on a tightrope between the two towers uh, back in 1974. And, yeah, the the movie plays as a heist, and we get... Uh, a lot of the people that were involved in it, uh, a lot of his friends and some accomplices that
1: he kind of recruited along the way. Now we've got a brand new release. Uh, Robert Zemeckis uh, not doing a documentary. We instead have Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, playing Philippe, and uh, they are still uh, playing this as a heist. And you still have uh, this man telling you uh, his story, so it retains the. The feel of uh, the documentary a little bit, uh, changes a few things up, tries to make the story a little more uh, linear uh, than uh, the way the documentary presents it. Uh, and I think the biggest uh, feature that they're selling is the 3D aspect, uh, putting you uh, with Philippus Philippe. He, uh, he tries to make this attempt to walk uh, across and in between the uh, the twin towers.
2: Yeah on our uh previous episode we actually had mentioned that we were going to be covering these two movies and we even uh we said that it was going to be something a little bit different because it's two movies based on you know the the same uh the same source you know this this memoirs but after watching both of them the, the walk is very close to man on wire
1: yeah i think uh you know watching the two uh, today actually back to back coming home and you know, Netflix. and watching Man on Wire. Uh, you're basically just seeing a uh, uh, sort of a decision made by the filmmakers and how they present the same material. Uh, you're obviously going to get to uh, the walk in in both cases, uh, but uh, I, I found it kind of interesting that documentary is uh, a little more uh, experimental in its uh, telling, and I think with the Feature film version we have there's a little more hand holding as far as getting you to that that point when the the walk happens. Uh, what do you think, Jameson?
0: Yeah, well, I think I think uh, kind of going off of that. I mean, the biggest thing about the documentary is Philippe himself. I mean, in both they have him, you know, Philippe is narrating the documentary, and in the movie, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Philippe retains being the narrator from his from his perch, and it's just I think what what makes the documentary stand out a little bit is just the personality of philippe just comes through you know he's he's telling this story 30 you know 28 years later or whatever and he's still like uber passionate about this and he's he's crazy and he's a little he's kind of jumping from here to there telling his story and uh and i think they tried to capture that with joseph borden levitt and i like that they tried they basically made the just the big budget feature film version of a documentary, mm-hmm. and it felt very much like the they tried to just replicate the documentary. Only they have the one thing that the documentary couldn't do, and that is to put you on the wire, right? And, and I think otherwise, you know, Zemeckis really uh, tried his best to stay faithful to the feel of the documentary. Uh, I, I thought that was an interesting, interesting attempt, though. Peter, did you have uh, any issue with
1: uh, Philippe as he is portrayed in The Walk? Because I had read some criticisms that the the tone and the way that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt portrays the character is a little too big, that he's almost comical in nature. But I feel Mm -hmm. like those are people who maybe did not see Man on Wire because I think he's actually a little bit subdued compared to the actual man in the documentary.
2: Yeah, I I did like his portrayal.
0: Actually, um, the only issue I really had was that wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm right now. I'm staring at the documentary. It's playing in the background as we're talking, and that hair looks like a wig. <laughs> right, it does. <laughs> I mean, that's his hair. It's French hair from the 1970s. Yeah,
1: good point. <laughs> some some accusations being thrown down by Jameson here <laughs> to <just> investigate.
0: <laughs> no, I agree with you though. I mean, I think that that. Uh, he is so animated that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's portrayal of it is, I think he was doing his best. And I I agree. You use the word. I was just thinking he was more subdued. Uh, I mean, he is, he is a passionate guy and it's that passion that comes across in the documentary that you can understand how he was able to convince a lot of perfect strangers to come along with this insane plan of his and to, really risk a lot of things because he has this charisma and this infectious nature to him. It comes across on screen. You can see why they just, I'm going to do this. And people are like, that's insane. But you know what? You're, you're kind of cool. You're kind of interesting. I want to be a part (laughs) of this. I mean, that you have to have something special. Did either one of you
1: have an issue with how they, uh, they portrayed the, uh, the, the gathering of his, uh, accomplices, um, and in, in the film, as I said, the uh, the feature film, Zemeckis version, uh, there's a little more hand-holding uh, as you're getting up to that, that point of the, the, the coup, as he calls it. And I had forgotten, uh, except for this podcast on Rewatch, that Man on Wire gets us right in the middle of the, the High Wire act and then doubles back. So you actually are getting people who are leaving <laughs> – this yeah. this coup, and then come back into the story to tell you how they, they came into it, which I, is a, a change with the, the feature film version.
2: Yeah, the, one of the other changes, um, and maybe I missed it in the documentary, which uh, I, I guess I forgot to mention that Man on Wire, this was the first time I had seen it. Uh, I saw the movie... Um, the walk just a few days ago, and Man on Wire, I actually watched today. But it's,
1: so you're one of those people that was saying JGL was too big, was too broad in his performance. <laughs> yeah,
2: no. Uh, but is, is was there a uh, was the pa- Papa Rudy? Was that uh, Ben Kingsley? Was that I think
0: that's I think that's one of the things that they did in the movie. Was Papa Rudy was I th- briefly mentioned in the documentary, I think, but he wasn't like a character in the documentary, no, right? No, he wasn't. No, it, no, and so I think that took. That whole Papa Rudy story, which kind of set up how he trained, how he learned his skills, and kind of passing the baton to him, I think that took up a chunk of the movie that would have been used otherwise to uh, gather the accomplices and kind of get uh, give the accomplices a little more character to them than what we were given. Right. Some of them were kind of just faces with barely having names. Um, I think a lot of that a lot of that screen time went to the Papa Rudy chunk
2: yeah because it, it was some other guy uh in the um, in new york that he met that taught him how to uh you know tie up the ropes and i didn't see his name well, i'm trying to look it but
1: yeah he had a a couple in the uh in the documentaries presentation of it that a couple of talking heads that uh were involved and then backed out uh mm-hmm. which does not happen in the zemeckis version he Uh, Jameson, as you were saying, you get the sort of the warnings and, uh, you know, here's what you should do and shouldn't do. This could be your death uh, leading up to, like, I guess his career uh, doing these sort of high wire stunts. And, uh, yeah, I did. I also agree with Jameson that I didn't feel and I had forgotten how developed um, his friendships are in the documentary. And I found that missing in uh, the walk.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, because, I mean, there's some, there's in the, in Man on Wire, there's, I mean, there's a couple of guys that are really tormented over, I can't, not that, like, I want to bail because I'm afraid of the cops, or I don't want to go to jail. I mean, the one guy is literally like, I just can't watch you die. Mm-hmm. I can't be a part of watching you fall and watch you die. And that's not, ne- that never comes across in The Walk. But that was an interesting thing that they they kind of it was more focused on i don't want to get busted i don't want to get busted you know and i thought that's one of the really effective things in in the documentary is the guy just saying look i just can't watch you fall 110 stories i've got to be out of this i have to have a clean conscience
1: yeah i don't know if that's because you know this is with the feature film they've been uh hyping you up all summer long with the the actual walk itself that uh they we know
0: it's that sells the story. I mean, that is right. the story. Is the walk? That's what I mean. The 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 3D and everything for that walk is that's the majority of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. And you know, a, an audience is going, "Let's get on the wire." Let's go. Right, right. Uh, but I do think that there's
1: uh, it's it's interesting, sort of thematically, uh, in the documentary. It's more of a a question of belief that people who are even along for the ride, for the most part, once they see for themselves what. They're going to attempt to do. They're like, I just can't imagine this ending in any anything other than death. So I can't, I can't be a part of this. I don't want to be a party to 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 killing this man. And as you're saying, you don't, you don't get that sort of dramatic heft with the Zemeckis version. I don't think.
2: I'm trying to think of like some of the the other differences here. It's it's, it's a little different because I, I feel like the the documentary it's it is more about the coup, and then you got the the feature film. It's not as intricate as the documentary uh, as far as the planning goes, but I feel um they're they're really showing us the the relationship you know between him and uh, uh Annie, which you know they kind of show us in pictures uh you know with her talking obviously in the documentary um i don't I don't know if I needed that uh because we already had the ben Kingsley thing going on um but i for this watch, uh, again, I mentioned that I watched the feature films first, and I, I, I kind of, I'm glad that I did because I, I knew very little about this, um, about this walk of his, and the first time that he goes across, I was like, all right, the, well, the movie's about to end, you know, and then the, the the police officers come up to the roof, and then he he keeps going back and forth and seeing all these other things, so I I was kind of glad that I did watch the, the movie first. And um, yeah, because I, I just felt like that's it. That that was a lot for for one walk. I mean, don't get me wrong; it, it's quite a feat. <laughs> I can never do that. High expectations. <laughs> yeah, you're
1: just not easily impressed. <laughs> yeah, but but I was just
2: like, well, oh, just because he he went he went by pretty quick. You know, th- th- that walk it, it, was, it, it was it was it was kind of short. You know, he, he it was a singular walk. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: mean the, the title says it's just one walk. <laughs> yeah,
2: right, right. Good, good point. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's not the walks, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I it's just I'm still trying to wrap my mind around like how similar it, it's just like the a lot of the the stills and the fo- photographs that they showed us in the documentary. Um, I feel like Zemeckis, you know, framed a lot of his shots like based off of those. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. yeah I
0: mean, I, I was uh, I, I was writing an article for this the other day, and I was pulling pulling stills from different sources to use in, the, in it, and there were. Multiple ones that were just basically, I mean, I'd find one from the documentary of Philippe sitting with one foot on the rope about to go out and then I would find that exact same shot of Joseph Gordon-Levin and the same exact shot of Philippe on the wire. I mean, body poised the same way. I mean, it was like you could overlay them over each other. And they were just perfectly meshed It was it was it was shot with a with a very per, real purpose to getting a, a a look at what Philippe was, and and I don't think there's a, a ton of differences between the two. I mean, there's there's minor differences between the two movies, but I think that the the story, especially once you get on the wire, I mean, it is basically the exact thing. But the uh, the biggest thing like you said is the, the 3D. I mean, that's that's I think this movie to me was the most effective use of 3d i've ever seen in a film before mm-hmm. and i i think that the 3d was just the depth of field that he used with it the, the way he he did throw some things out at the audience a little bit and just the entire movie was was full of it and it felt like zemeckis was just having fun just playing with the audience when he well, gets you yeah. on the wire
1: zemeckis is certainly a director who is uh uh, grown infatuated with uh, technology in his mm-hmm. films i mean i was just glad he was back to live action after yeah, dabbling right. <laughs> in, in animation uh, for so long uh so i'm taking that uh, jameson you were impressed with the 3d peter what did you feel about the the presentation are, are you a fan of like 3d uh, films in general or uh, is this kind of in,
2: in in general no uh i i really enjoy gravity uh, in in IMAX 3D and I really enjoyed this one too uh, I didn't get any sickness or anything like that for either movies uh, I did see a headline for an article saying that people were getting vertigo uh, and I guess like you know the bank has said that yeah they, they really wanted to evoke the you know the the sense of the the height you know and so yeah I guess people were throwing up in like during the movie and stuff so um but no I found it and they said this throughout the movie, I don't know how many times, but the the movie was beautiful. It, it was just very nice to look at. Uh seeing the the Twin Towers, you know, it's it's hard to believe that well, I, I guess they recreated like just the the top half and, and filmed some some things um on the sound stage. But it's just you know, even when Joseph Goran Levitt like walks to walks up to the Twin Towers for the very first time and he's looking at his reflection you know, on the wall, and just uh, just seeing it's just like it, it's kind of mind-boggling, like how they created that. But uh, Jamison I kind of want to ask you about the the three D here. When when um, Petit was up on the rope, did did the seagull or the bird did that scare you?
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I didn't like it. Yeah. I'll tell you that. It, <laughs> I didn't care for that. Uh, it, it was a little too uh, a little too close for comfort for me, but. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Nice question. Yeah. Well, well
2: <laughs> the, when when it showed that, I immediately thought of you.
0: Yeah. 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 I was like, okay, let's let's move on from the bird here, dude. And then like big close up of him, like, all right, we've had enough of this. Yeah. I let because uh, I I'd rather look down 110 stories than look at that bird again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I I thought that maybe it was a like a creative choice of Zemeckis, like, oh, you know, he is high up above. Let's include birds. And then upon watching Man on Wire, I was. I was like, "Oh, there he is!" He just mentioned it, you know, h- how he was uh, daydreaming and talking to birds, and so I was like, oh, "Okay, well, I'm glad that they didn't
1: make like the bird talk to him or something, you know, in the, in the movie." You <laughs> use the force, Philippe. <laughs> right. No, it's it's pretty theatrical already with that that close up of the 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 bird's eyes and the, I guess the warning he feels from it. But uh, James, I'm taking you're not a huge fan of uh, Hitchcock's The Birds, then. <laughs>
0: Birds are my number one fear in life. <laughs> it is an irrational fear, but it is quite real. So, yeah, the the birds, uh, watching the birds at a very young age probably fed into that fear. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh,
2: did you guys think that there were any other differences um, with with how they portrayed, like, some of the accomplices versus, like, what we kind of get from Man on Wire? Like, the the guy Jeff. Like, I, I don't think they call him Jeff in the documentary. They actually call him, like, a... Uh, let me take a look here. It's um I want to say it's another Jean something hyphenated. I I feel like there's three Jean Louis? No, that that's the that's the photographer, right? I yeah, I man. want to I want to say it's Jean-François. I think he is Jeff. Um it's just I, the, the thing is the documentary has like no faces to go with these names um, cuz I got the the IMDb here. It's not helping at all, but it, it's the guy that um he just uh, doesn't speak English.
0: Right, right. Except for in the one scene where he does speak English. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was kind of interesting at the end of the movie. Suddenly he's speaking English. Oh, okay. Did,
2: did you guys get any, like, um, uh, like maybe gay undertones with, with his character?
1: Mm, I, no, did, I, I actually don't really. <laughs> I didn't really feel any sort of, uh, as James was saying, much out of the supporting cast in The Walk as far as their uh, personal lives. Uh, I did feel that there was... Um, Sort of maybe a pass on the street uh with uh Philippe's uh girlfriend, uh mm-hmm. when she's basically being told, you know, New York's dangerous, you know, maybe you shouldn't stay yeah, here overnight. I thought I thought maybe there was a flirtation there, but other than yes. that I didn't feel like the supporting characters uh had many dimensions to them.
2: Yeah, well, because for me it was I. I got like a little vibe when they first met, and I kind of thought nothing of it. And then, but that scene where they're in the what is it, the elevator shaft? You know, under the tarp. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like well, right. wasn't there like face touching and well, well it's, he, I he mean,
0: touched in the his to calm him down, right?
1: Yeah, but in the documentary, isn't it made? A, they they make a joke like that's the like yeah you know, the closest I've ever been to a man just because yeah. they were physically had right. to like. Hold on to each other. So I I, maybe it's an allusion to that. That sort of uh, joke made in the documentary. Uh, Now, in the documentary, they
2: mentioned it was really cold. Right. And I think in the movie it was extremely hot. So unless it was just really cold uh, at nighttime.
1: I don't remember. I think they just wanted to get Joseph Gordon-Levitt like sweaty looking, yeah. just to show that he was sort of, you know, physically even before he gets out there on the wire that he's already sort of had a rough knot Is what I think they were trying to show visually.
2: Yeah. Yeah. How How do you guys think that uh, Zemeckis um, portrays like the the tension, you know, while they're, in, uh, you know, in, hiding
1: inside that tarp the entire time? <laughs> well, it's. I mean it's it's a it's a great visual gag to be like oh let's go over under here and hide and it's like oh we could fall to our deaths underneath this tarp like yeah this was supposed to be our our, uh, protective blanket here and uh, I, I mean I think he he did an excellent job I think it's also played for amusement that With all their uh, equipment they're hauling up there and they're getting ready to do something that will never be done again, that he's got his pen that he's using just to make a little like spy hole. Mm -hmm. And it's just this one annoying guard that they're trying to account for. So I I don't know if I found it to be tense. Of course, I have a a irrational, probably fear of heights. So uh, like Jameson, you know, my – you know, the tension for me was when he actually gets up on the wire. But when they were under the tarp, I actually find it kind of kind of amusing in a, in a frustrating way for the characters.
0: Yeah, I think the, the, the tension for me really started to build as soon as they got out there in the rigging, trying to find the arrow, trying to rig it up in the dark. All of the tension that, like, we're three hours behind now because of what happened with the tarp. Mm-hmm. Now we're three hours behind. All of this has to happen. That's when this tension started to build. And I know the story. I know he's going to get out on the wire, but still it's like, oh, dude. And then when, I mean, when, when they lose it and the wire falls and I mean, that, that tension to me was, was real right up until the point he got out on the wire and we look down, you know, I think that's where it all started to come in for me.
1: And that's something the documentary shares. I mean, clearly he's talking to you, you know, he survives. Right. And even watching the documentary, I'm just, I'm looking at these, uh, you know, this footage, these these really uh you know relatively i mean compared to today crappy like photographs and it's like that just does not look right like this man just like laying down in the middle of the sky like it's just like it still fills me with dread almost and it's like he's still you know he's telling me how awesome it was and it's like i still can't make myself believe that this man did this and survived i'm i'm still trying to figure out how he laid down on his back He's got skills. I, apparently, <laughs> Matt.
0: It's not laying down; it's sitting back up. When once you've laid down, do right. it. I do not get up easily off the couch, <laughs> much less lay, I don't know, on a two-inch wire or whatever. I mean, but the thing is, I mean, we're 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 kind of focused on on the walk, but the, with man on wire, you mentioned Mike the uh, the footage that we get, and it is you know washed out 1974 mm-hmm. footage, but really for a documentary. Of this type, I, there is such a treasure trove of footage of everything that's going on for this documentary. There's reenactments throughout, and there's there's all kinds of different things, and, and of course the talking heads and all that. But the footage they have of him training, uh, the footage of the the everyone the the meetings, plotting the coup, and then I mean the the news footage and such from atop the the uh, towers. I, I think it's pretty incredible to have all that for for a story like this. Oh, they Is were pretty a,
1: diligent with their, yeah, uh, their planning. Yeah, just
0: having reenactments and guys telling you, you should have been there. It mm-hmm. was so cool, you know. We actually get yeah. to see it.
1: I'm kind of wondering on that note, though, if uh, it's almost like a, a – well, with anything, I guess, with this particular show, it's the original remake – are you going to have the same impact seeing this Amekas version uh, if you've seen the documentary uh, first? And I, I guess this really just applies uh, to you, Jameson. How did how did it feel as, as working as an adaptation of that where you already know the story? Uh, do you think it had the same impact on you seeing it in a uh, sort of IMAX 3D format?
0: Yeah. So I, I think that the, I think that the story was, was done well. Like I say, I, with, small variations and deviations it felt like they tried to remake the documentary and that's fine it's an oscar award-winning documentary Mm -hmm. have at it um i I like the choice to use the the narration throughout um i I, like i I just keep going back to the visuals are what really sold it to me i I mean I, i don't think you can make the documentary the same story better so you have to do something that they couldn't do. Uh, and, and that's what Zemeckis did. I mean, he, he it's funny. I was listening back, not to not to pimp my own show, but I was listening back the other day uh, in preparation for this podcast. I was listening to when Jason and I uh, discussed this uh, on, on our show, on Real Films. And this was back uh, a year and a half ago. We're doing Man on Wire. And uh, it was right before, it was about a month or so before they announced that they were going to make the feature film version of us. And we both were going on about, they got to make a feature film version of this documentary. It would be so cool. Yeah, it would like, yeah, if you just tell this story and and only it has to be in 3d and you get to see everything and you put the people out there like, yeah, that'd be rad. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, someday. <laughs> and I'm listening back to it going, wow, we were geniuses. back. Right. Then. <laughs> yeah, apparently someone listened to your really, show. That's what you have to do. You have to, you have to, Give the people the depth and the scale and, the, and, and everything and show them what it's like because not one other person is going to do what Philippe did. It'll, it'll never happen again. And so you'll never know what it's like to be on a wire 110 stories in the air. And to look down and to imagine falling, which was uh, uh, fun. I don't know about you, Mike, but it was fun for me. No,
1: no, I had sweaty palms
0: and I couldn't <laughs> right. wait to get out of the theater. Like
1: afterwards, I'm like, I respect that, but I didn't really enjoy and it. I uh, think,
0: yeah, and I think that was Zemeckis having fun, just fun with the audience. Like, hey, see how this feels, you know? And I think that is, I think that is a great choice to do it. And uh, I thought it was done really effectively to get the story across, rather than just. Recreating the documentary, uh, you had to take that next step, and I think he did a fabulous job with that.
1: Jameson, you just mentioned, you know, him accomplishing something that we'll never see again. Uh, one thing that I I really liked about, it, especially how they resolve, how they wrap up the walk, which does differ from the end of Man on Wire, is there's a a knowing and I thought pretty classy tribute without getting. Too far into uh, what happened on nine eleven uh, to uh, the twin towers. So what did each of you think of that sort of final? You uh, talk, talking
0: about like kind of that 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 the visual to end the movie?
1: Yeah, and the uh, I mean he he gets this pass in in both yeah. uh, tellings yeah. of the story, yeah. uh, but it seems to be a more direct nod to the events of nine eleven in the walk. I thought
0: it was. I thought I thought it was really well done because any because obviously. You're showing uh, this iconic thing that, that stands for so much now since this happened. And when you see the, the World Trade Center towers, it just evokes this emotion immediately. The first time he shows them being erected, it evokes this emotion. And so when you show, you keep showing Philippe standing there with the cityscape behind him. You see the towers. It's just going to evoke memories. And I thought that was a really nice, but it, it, it had to be addressed. I think it just had to be. And I think Zemeckis realized that we just, we have to address this somehow. And I like that. And I like that haunting visual at the end as the sun is kind of setting on the towers. And I thought that was a really, really classy way to do it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For me in the documentary, I thought it was kind of eerie. In one of the pictures that they showed, uh, there was a plane flying over Philippe while he was on the wire. You sure. know, to kind of um, show, you know, like the... Uh, how small he is up in the sky. But uh, yeah, I read that James Marsh purposely didn't want to, um, you know, mention anything, uh, the events of nine 11, you know, to, well,
0: he was much closer to it at that time too. I mean, that was, yeah, was seven years yeah, ago. He's from you know? New York. Yeah. But,
2: and, but, uh, but also I, I guess the purpose was cause they didn't, he didn't want to take anything away from, yeah. yeah, this positive thing, uh, you know, that, that Philippe did. And then in the walk, uh, yeah, the the difference in the in that past, Mike, that you, you mentioned in Man on Wire it it says that it's permanent, right? The yeah, right. the expiration is like permanent and, and it says forever. So yeah, the the walk says forever and then you get mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon Levitt, you know, he takes that, that that beat, you know, where he just kinda mm-hmm. pauses and looks down and you automatically know that he's referring to nine eleven. So, right. um I, I I kinda liked it because you, you know, it's it goes well with the image that we see right after, like Jameson, you mentioned. You know, the 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 sun on the twin towers, and it was just, it was just a a beautiful shot, you know, to to, to end the movie with. So I'm kind of glad that Zemeckis went with that, you know, and I I feel that yeah, it's purposeful that he took a lot of the the same frames. Obviously, Man on Wire was an inspiration, and he just you know wanted to
1: add visual to everything. Ah, oh, gosh. I, it's, a, it's an emotional uh, sort of payoff there mm, um, yeah. that it's played very differently in, in Man on Wire. It's more about the uh, relationships of the, the group of people that are involved with this, which they, I don't feel like – I think that's one negative I have for the walk is after – watching the documentary back to back with this is it feels kind of like a cop-out how they deal with uh, Philippe's uh, staying behind and sort of separating, parting with his friends mm. because they're, he doesn't come across. It's funny. He doesn't come across as well in uh yeah. man on wire. I mean, he just fully admits that immediately afterwards, after he's released uh, from the police station, he goes to have sex with a strange woman right. <laughs> And, you know, he, he didn't have to really justify it to me. And he's he's I mean, he's honest about it, about what what he wanted out of it was was the pleasure, pleasure of the flesh, I believe, was his exact words. And um, but you clearly see that those friendships are, are gone and it's really affected uh, a couple of the people, one, the woman he was involved with. And the other, I believe, was his, his closest friend that was most responsible for helping him achieve this walk. And that's not really addressed in the Zemeckis version at all.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: They completely left that out.
2: I, I was very surprised to actually see that uh, that reenactment um, with partial nudity. I mean, I know we get Joseph Gordon-Levitt's butt, you know, in the walk, but that
1: one is rated PG. Don't be so dismissive, Peter. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean. That was a good scene,
2: though. I, I, um, I, yeah. I think it was um, the the audience had a good chuckle at, at that scene. That
1: was, that was one of the I couldn't enjoy it. I mean, nothing against the Joseph Gordon-Levitt's ass or anything, but, I mean, he's like jumping off the corner of the, you know, one of the towers, like looking for this. I'm like, I, I was just terrified. I'd he, he, Naked or not, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you need to stop moving around so quickly. So. Uh, I would have to see it a second time to I guess uh, be amused by it. I was just terrified anytime he was on the edge of the tower.
2: Yeah, I I really didn't get that at all. Um I think the the part that kind of got me like anytime he looked over the ledge, th- that didn't bother me at all, but I really did have to duck when um he was uh at the at the uh, Papa Rudy's circus, you know, and he's tightroping or walking the tightrope and his um what is that called that, that stick that he holds, you know, kind of like a javelin? Yeah, yeah, the stick that he yeah. Holds. So he ho- he's holding that, and that like comes at the <laughs> camera, and like my friend and I, we both ducked. So the uh, the use of that, I, th- I thought that was uh, fun. It kind of reminded me of, like a scene in Gravity where like one of the debris comes flying at you too. Yeah, yeah it really worked.
1: And there's yeah. not really a lot of that. Uh, I think it's what James was saying. Zemeckis uses the three just to put you in yeah. his shoes to put you on that wire. And there's, I mean, it's not to me. It never felt really cheap. Uh, and I guess the closest it comes that it is with the bird, but as you point out, Peter, it's it's staying with the character as far as, you know, in the documentary talking about his visions he's having and all that. So it's like it's, you know, it's not out of bounds. But no, they they do not try to make this like a sort of a cheesy 3D movie uh, at all. This is really close to 3D being used um, sort of as uh, a new way, uh, a new art form here. Um yeah. So I, I was I'm not really a big fan of 3D, and I was really impressed with how they they handled and utilized that uh, aspect of filmmaking.
0: Yeah, I I actually go out of my way now to not see 3D movies because um, I'm just I, I think that they're it's a hack uh, technology that is thrown in to drum up more money at the box office and to. Uh, people, you know, to, I I think that it's an overused technology, especially when half the time it's not movies that were even shot for three D, and I, I just I I yeah, don't care for it, and it's just not used. In post. You know, a lot of times I watch it and I realize I, I didn't even the three D did nothing in this. movie. Why was I sitting there with these glasses on the entire time? And depending on where you go, sometimes the glasses make the movie darker. I mean, there's just oh, I have. Yeah. So many issues with the 3D. And so this one, when, when I saw it, of course, you know, it's an IMAX 3D. I have to go see this one. Much like Peter said with Gravity, you know, I, I kind of felt like I, this has to be seen in this ratio with the 3D. And I was blown away by it. And it, it, it doesn't change my mind on 3D for most movies because the next night I went and saw The Martian in 3D and was uh, let down with the 3D on that. But um, I, I think that it's great because... Yeah, it wasn't used just to have fun. It was used as a storytelling technique, and and I thought that was pretty great. I, I liked the uh, just the shots when they would cut back to Joseph Gordon Levitt standing there, you know, and then you would it would give you a depth of how far up in the air he was and away from the city as he's narrating. Yeah, they
1: certainly made the talking head moment there uh, a visual
0: spectacle. And yeah, it was more than just a dark room. You know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, let's have a little fun with this. I guess <laughs> this is something that we can do. Uh, I thought that was pretty great. Although
1: there is some fun to be had with uh, Philippe reenacting like things with the, the small props. He has like his head sticking out oh. of a curtain and things like he's <laughs> definitely an animated character in the documentary telling oh, of it. He's,
0: he sells this. I mean, you could tell the story and it'd be an incredible story, but I don't think it would be a story that stood out like, wow, is this an incredible movie? You have to see it. I mean, I've watched Man on Wire like five or six times. This is, I mean, it's it's. Once you tell the story, it's a guy who walked in the wire. You tell the story, you think, okay, great. But it's him that mm-hmm. is the entertainment factor. He is fully entertaining and, and engrossing when he is. Get, he gets so passionate about it. Um, and, and I, I thought when they, when they decided to do this, I mean, I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's one of my favorite young actors right now. But still, I thought it's really hard to replicate what, he, what Philippe has. It's going to be really hard without going over the top, and I don't think they went over the top. Like We talked about earlier. I don't think it was over the top at all. I, I don't think you can get over the top with him. No. you know, Maybe put Nicolas Cage with that hacky wig on. Oh, maybe... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, there is an, an interesting alternate walk there that oh, I'm now oh, envisioning man. in my mind. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I
2: can see him really going... Going nuts on that wire once the cops come out, like, you know, to, to see him taunting the cops. Um, they, there we go. I we kinda wanna see we that could that do that a mashup, you know. Um, you know, he, he played, you know, one of the cops in uh, the, the World Trade Center. Oh. Yeah. Mike knows how I like to, uh,
1: What what is the word you said? Um, the continuity from, like, other movies. Uh, you, you have your own sort of uh, cinematic universe where you somehow can place every every movie together within the same same realm, and I, I appreciate the, that. Let's Peter. talk about that a little bit. So,
0: so he goes up. He's trying to – he's in the towers. He goes up. He sees the guy on the wire. He goes out after him. Yeah, right. He'll, he'll climb oh, it. He's one of the cops. That's, he's like, I'm not going to wait for you to come to me. I'm going to you. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> um,
2: so Robert Zemeckis directed um, Back to the Future. Uh, he used Al, uh, Alan Silvestri in this too, I, and I was able. I, I can hear it. Al, Al, Alan Silvestri likes to use like horns and and things like that in his music, and I thought the score was uh, was was really nice. And I don't know if you guys got this. I was not looking for any ties to Back to the Future, but I did. I don't believe a, you. Don't a, believe you already. Although a couple things <laughs> popped up, and I'm like, hey, that's. You know, it reminded me. So, this one of the scenes where he gets arrested, and there's a photo taken of him, very similar to the way Marty McFly Jr. looks like in part two in the newspaper. Um, and then one of the experiments, I, I think it might have been with the bow and arrow, where uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt he just runs to the to the to the arrow, and he's like, "It works!" And it just reminded me of Doc Brown. So. There you go. Just what yeah. I don't think Jameson or I are
1: convinced. You're, you're looking for Back re- to the Future in all walks of life. A little reach, <laughs> reaching there. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, I, but 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 uh, I, I did enjoy the uh, the soundtrack that Sylvester provided. I thought that was really good, especially the uh, as the movie kind of ramped up towards the end. I actually was noticing the music that was going along with it. I, I thought that was pretty good.
2: Yeah. You, you know, I couldn't use like a little Easter egg with like a, you know a man hanging on a clock you know, in the background or something. Sure, why not? Right in the background. Yeah, because the ropes fall, you know, the cables fall down. You know, and obviously that took me there, too. But I was like, yeah, how convenient that this happened in real life as well. So uh it, I just think Robert Zemeckis, you know, watched the documentary, it's like, I, I can play with this, you know, because I did Back to the Future.
0: Back to the Future movie out of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just as uh, long as he stays away from animation, I'm good. Just Let's, yeah. let's use real actors and uh, that sort of great use of technology. It's, it is interesting, like on sort of Peter's way of thinking here, that uh, he's got a, a new movie hitting wide release the same weekend as The, the Martian, which uh, is, is basically Castaway on Mars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And to me, a, a lesser version I, of, of Castaway. For me, it's but, like uh, Interstellar. Well, yeah, I mean, you got Matt Damon mm-hmm. again. right? Again.
0: So I, I saw a, uh, something that made me laugh earlier today was between uh, between The Martian and Interstellar and Saving Private Ryan, the uh, U.S. government has spent billions of dollars trying to retrieve Matt Damon. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah.
1: That's, yeah. And, and like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he uh, uh, bears his, his butt in the film, although I believe sure enough. That it was some sort of stunt butt or CGI or something. But yeah, uh, and, uh,
0: unlike, <laughs> unlike Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I don't know how that served the story. That seemed that seemed like here you go here you go ladies here's all <laughs> that Damon butt. You well, mean, they're man.
1: showing you where all that money's going. This is the reason the government has to reacquire <laughs> him.
0: We, we got to bring this back.
1: <laughs> oh, you guys uh-huh. talking about Martian?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Hi, Peter.
2: <laughs> well, because I haven't seen it, so. All
0: right.
1: Well, now well, you now have you know. to look forward to. You're right.
2: <laughs> or not? Well, you, you know, you got a shower scene in School of Ties with Matt Damon and Brendan <laughs> Fraser and stuff. There, there's some butts there. At, yeah well i mean i just reviewed it recently so i can go back and watch that instead that will be hold up nice young tush yeah it does surprisingly phoenix wasn't uh, a big fan really yeah i was very surprised i don't care for that kind of attitude right i i you should hear him talk and i was not happy with him (laughs) but uh that episode ended up being like actually no our number one episode right now surprisingly Excellent. I mean, it, it, like you said, I, I guess it still holds up. So I was very surprised. I, I didn't
1: think it was going to do as well as it did. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a theme here. We just need for original remake. From now on, uh, only films with uh, male butt shots. Uh, I think that's the key to get podcast numbers up. Uh, young yeah, tushes, right. as you said.
2: Yeah. Does Mike, Mike <laughs> Shannon, Michael Shannon, has he done anything yet? with? Uh... I, I feel like he has. I don't know. i, I feel like, have to find I... out.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm going to be put on a watch list if I start searching too many things here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's get
1: back to the walk, and I guess uh, Peter should uh, should we get into our uh, final questions? Did yeah. we have any? Yeah, okay? I, I,
2: I think I, I think we've covered everything. I mean, it's uh, it, it, they're basically the same story. There, there's not a whole lot of different things we can really hash out. Um, you know, we kind of already mentioned it's a, it's almost basically a remake of the documentary, so there's not a whole lot of new things to really talk about. Um, because they're just done differently so yeah I, i think we've cut it all covered it all unless jameson you could think of anything else
0: no not especially no
1: okay all right so our first question we normally do is uh does the remake do justice to the original we'll start with our guest uh jameson
0: um yeah i think it does i think it does i think uh unlike some remakes which are more homages to the original and kind of Tip their hat to the original, but do their own thing. I think this movie is—I uh, think it does it justice. I think that obviously, I mean, like we said, Semechus did what he could to kind of re- remake the documentary into a, a theatrical version because there is a lot of people that just won't watch documentaries no matter how good you tell them they are. Um, and so, I think—I think he was faithful to it.
2: Yeah, I—I I completely agree with that. Uh, I, I do like how he. Added some some artistic uh, choices, you, you know. Like I, I think in the documentary, they show us like a like a drawing of the the twin towers and like a. A, a drawn red line you know from one corner to the other and then you see in the uh in the movie and this is even shown in the trailer but you, you see joseph gordon levitt like basically uh, drawing a line on, on on the uh the camera you know so mm-hmm. you see like behind the paper so i thought that was a uh, um you know uh, a nice visual uh, also you know the every time uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes somewhere where he he's looking for a place to tie up ropes. You know he pulls out a rope from his pocket. You know and he kind of eyeballs that. You know so that that was nice to see too. So I I do like these uh, little touches that uh, Robert Zemeckis adds. You know and, and making it himself. So um you know I I think uh, a word that we use on a lot of our uh, previous episodes is yeah it it um, does the documentary justice
1: yeah I think that's an excellent point Peter and that he most people are spending money uh based on the advertising to see the man uh do the walk uh to get up on that wire and uh see the the great three d effects here and I think Zemeckis does a great job of making the uh the planning uh, just as fun and also does justice to Philippe as far as his personality I think it's all over the film uh he got to tell his story in the documentary too. A camera, but I I think that they totally nailed the character, and uh, I I don't really understand uh, the criticisms I've seen about it being too sort of uh, big or sort of bold in tone. I think that was just the man. Um, Our second question is, uh, Jameson, if you just watched the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful and thus remade?
0: (sighs) Oh. it's tough- it, it's tough to separate myself from the original um I, I think that the i mean i think that the documentary it's tough because how often do you ever really have a a remake of a documentary you mm-hmm. know that's kind of a it's kind of a different thing that that rarely happens um it's tough to separate it because i'm a huge fan of of the original and uh um man <laughs> Rephrase the question for me once. Uh, well, or give me the, uh, give me the question again.
1: Okay, uh, just watching this one. Uh, so if you can imagine not having seen
0: Man uh, Wire as uh, I'm staring at it right now, yes, <laughs> yeah,
1: as you're, you're you're still getting it into your into your system. There can't uh, get enough. Uh, do you understand? Would you get a sense of why uh, the original documentary was successful and thus remade?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I think. I I think, like you had just said, but uh, I think the biggest thing that made the documentary fun and made this movie fun too was it is very much, we've said it, it's a heist movie. It's an Ocean's Eleven movie with the planning. And I think that, that part of the documentary is phenomenal. It's so much fun. It's a huge chunk of the movie. And I think this really... Does remind me of of how of how uh, it, it was so successful, how it was so fun. Man on Wire is, one of the, is a weird documentary for me because, um, as much of a fan as I am of them, I remember hearing about this when it was going through like the festival circuits. I would hear about this Man on Wire, Man on Wire, and to me it it didn't hit my ear right. Just the title of it alone just didn't hit my ear right. I'm like, that seems that seems like it's not a real title, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I found out later why it was titled that way, but um people oh, do, would tell me about Do it. you
2: want to share just in case people don't know?
0: Oh okay, yeah. I mean it always seemed like man on wire I, I would say like, oh it's man on a wire. Man, like no, it's, it's man on wire. And then I did a little research afterwards and found out it was because when he was when he was arrested, when Philippe was finally arrested, taken off the tower, what have you, the uh the arresting officer, when it said, uh, you know, in the in, in the uh, form booking him, you know, incident, he wrote "Man on Wire." That's all it was. That's just what he wrote. That's right. The, uh, the reason uh, for the call.
2: Charged, right?
0: Man on Wire. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what they took <laughs> as the title. But um, but to, to me, it was one of those that I was hearing about. Oh, this is incredible! And I would hear the story explaining about a guy who walks across a wire between the two towers. Huh. Okay. Like that would be cool but that seems like that would be a 30 minute documentary to me you know like that would be something that i would see on tv and it is the whole planning and the story and everything that that made it um what it really was you know it stands out as you know one of my 10 favorite documentaries uh and i think they did i think they did well with that on this one
2: yeah i, I agree with you jameson like uh, i think somebody told me about it maybe late 2008 early 2009 Somewhere shortly after it came out, and and again, same thing. They said "Man on a wire." I go "Man on a wire." He goes "No, no, man on wire," and I just never got around to it because it's like, okay, uh, a guy you know uh, walks between the two towers. I didn't think, wow, big deal. I was just like, okay, you know, that's that sounds very cool. But after watching the movie and obviously the documentary, it's it's the planning, how intricate this plan is, this coup the the uh accomplices you know just everything that he went through the um constantly going back taking pictures in in the movie you know he's coming uh you know on crutches because he you know stepped on a nail uh so seeing all that i think that's what made you know the documentary so interesting and i feel like yeah it was that um popular that it had to be made into a movie because like i'm sitting there and you guys said it yourself on your show you know you, you mentioned that uh you know this be great as a feature film you know put it in 3d like i, I feel zemeckis was watching this and it's like you know i all these pictures are great but let's make them move you know and, and i like I, to
0: think he was listening to my show i i think so too
2: you know absolutely yeah. you know because you guys totally called it right so but yeah, i will go with that. Yeah. So I, I think that's what it was. Like, uh, had it been um, maybe something with more footage, you know, maybe uh, less reenactments, you know, instead of like stills and pictures, maybe if it was like a bunch of like just raw footage of them. M- maybe it wouldn't have been made into a movie and maybe it wouldn't. The documentary wouldn't have been as popular. I'm not sure. But I, I just feel like, yeah, because of. The Jean Louis, who is like the official photographer, you know, taking all these pictures. I think people, you know, it piqued interest. Like, you know, let's let's see what else we can do with this. So I I I think that's why it was made into a
1: movie. Mm-hmm. I also think that you almost need the documentary to exist first, because even with this being based on a true story and advertised in such a way. There were elements when I was watching the walk that I would call bullshit on. Right. If it was just like when he steps on the nail, and it's like you know, it's like we get, we're gonna make the degree of difficulty just slightly harder. Yeah. I would that think oh, that's like,
0: that's theatrical. I was like, yeah, they they added that.
1: There's like no way. No, that that didn't happen. Or, um, yeah, the the the,
0: the guard the sitting on the garter, the sitting on the girder under the tarp. That's, that's yeah. made up.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, I was like, oh, they just need one more beat here before we actually get to the, you know, like the money shot in the
0: last, the final act. It's got to strip down naked. That's just yeah. We have to add.
1: <laughs> so I, you know, I think that watching the remake, yeah, I, I completely understand why the original was successful because it's just a killer story. It's just it's almost unbelievable that it's like not only just the the walk itself, but uh, all the events leading up to it. So yeah, I think this is one of those that having the documentary as a companion piece uh, actually just uh, somehow improves on the walk because it it allows them to to have all that sort of those fun events and the the hardships. And uh, it feels authentic because, you know, they they lifted it from the documentary.
2: Mike, I'm very glad that you actually brought up um, – brought that up because earlier today i was thinking like this is a great companion piece like when they released the movie i, I think the documentary should be you know one of the special features uh it just it just goes hand in hand it, it just
0: you know they just work together yeah i mean it is basically i mean if if you want to kind of uh, retcon it the documentary would almost be like the the behind the scenes or mm-hmm. the you know i mean it would like based on the true story here's some of the other things you you know it uh, one of the things I love about the story, too, and, and they captured it really well, I thought, in The Walk, and is one of my favorite things about the documentary is him basically saying over and over again, yes, this is impossible. Great. Let's get past that. Yeah. And every time there's something that comes up, every time, like, there's no way we can get to the top. There's no way we can get past the 82nd floor. There's no, great. Yes, I know that's impossible to do, but, but we're okay. Except that it's impossible. <laughs> now let's do it. <laughs> There's no way we can get an arrow across that spance. You know, or get or get the rope across that spance. No, there isn't any way we can do it. So let's just do it, all right? And I thought they did I thought they showed that really well of him just like great guys, terrific. But let's let's do it anyways. I
2: I I want I want to see them trying to kick like a soccer ball and
0: throwing footballs. I, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love the yeah, the
0: like we're going okay, we got to practice a lot because we're going to have to be able to get this baseball all the way across. Like okay, we're going <laughs> to there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna practice really hard at kicking a soccer ball across <laughs> there with a rope tied no no forget it.
1: Alright, so that leads to our, our final question, maybe the most difficult one. Um you know, most of all, which movie to watch? If you have to pick one, the original <laughs> or the remake, we'll start with our guest Jameson.
0: Oh man, this is the impossible one. Um But you just have to do it. Yeah. Right. I just look, I know it's impossible. (laughs) Right. Um, I, I still have to go with the documentary. There's a special place in my heart for the documentary. And I think there's, there's more content in the documentary than there is in the movie. Um, I think as much as I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the movie, I think the, the genuine article, there's just something about him. And, and I mean, as much I, I love it's tough because I I really love the walk and I've been recommending it to everybody. And uh, but Man on Wire is something is something else to me. And so I guess if I have to choose one, I would take that.
1: Peter, what about uh, yourself?
2: Gosh, you know, um, this it's a tough one because I, I I think we might have to kind of rephrase the question. Like, which one would we re- recommend? Because I mean. Like for me personally, like I, I'm fine with the documentary. I'll, I'll I, I actually plan on watching that after we record uh, because I, I just want to watch it again. The, 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 uh, the, the man Philippe Petit, he's just a character. You know, he's bonkers. Um, so I, I want to watch that again. But if you ask me, which one should I recommend? I mean, I'd recommend them both. But because it's shot in IMAX 3D, yeah. that's the one I would recommend.
0: You it know, has if, to be seen on the big screen, though, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, much like Gravity. Gravity, I, I was really skeptical. I loved it. I saw, you know, the IMAX 3D, but I was very skeptical about how it would transfer to you watching it at home. Right. You know, it, is the story all in the visuals or will the story hold up at home? And I and I think, you know, once you take the IMAX 3D out of it, which I think is just a stunning element to the movie, now you have the story. And I think the story is better told through the documentary. Yeah. That's just my opinion.
2: Yeah, it... I'll tell you what. Um, Gravity, I really enjoyed in IMAX 3D. I never watched it again since then, and mm-hmm. and I actually thought I would, but I feel that once this hits home release, um, you know, I'll probably get the 3D version, but I, I probably won't watch it in 3D. But I, I think, I think just visually, you know, it's it's just great to look at, mm-hmm. um, because again, like why I say. That maybe we should rephrase the question because, like, I don't know if I can recommend the the documentary to like the masses because there's a lot of people that aren't you know into documentaries. Right. And not, <laughs> I know. Not only that, you know, um, not only that, but you you have a lot of the uh, accomplices that you know speak. You know, French and or if they're speaking English, they they have the thick French accent behind it. So at, at least, you know, with uh, this, the, the movie and this kind of bothered me. I don't know if it bothered you guys, but I just um, I hated how they must have brought up at least four or five times. Oh, please speak in English. You know, we're trying to practice on our accent, <laughs> you know, like we got it the first time, you know, and I felt like we didn't need to keep hearing that every time a new accomplice was introduced.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that I mean, when when Ben Kingsley did it, I was like, OK, we're going to do like Hunt for Red October. Right. You speak in <laughs> Russian for a minute and then it just whoosh, we're in English now. Great. Get past that. And I thought when he said that, like, please speak English, we're going to do it. OK, great. We're done.
1: Right. Yeah, it does it takes you out of the movie every time they mention it that way. It's yeah. like I I wasn't even thinking about it, but now I am. So right. how, exactly. <laughs> is that? how did uh,
0: how did Valkyrie handle that? Uh they all just had British accents. Let, just like the Germans do. I, yeah. I
2: felt didn't they start off with like speaking German and then transitioned into English?
1: I think in the uh he's in like a, a tent or something. It's, I think it's just yeah. Tom. Cruise. But I don't think he's interacting. I think it's a voiceover that goes into English. I believe. Oh, okay. I think you're right. Hmm. It's, it's been a while, but I, I remember.
2: And, and Mike, you just recently covered it too. That's why I brought that up. But because I remember watching that, I go, "Oh, that, that's kind of cool. That that, that kind of I'm I'm fine with that. Now, now they're speaking English. So yeah, it's just them keep bringing it up. I'm just like, all right, all right. You know, yeah, it did keep taking me out. So, but. Um, yeah, the rephrasing of the question, I'd recommend The Walk, but personally for me, um, I would choose the documentary.
1: I think for me, I, I'm leaning to what Jameson said uh, about the documentary having more content, and maybe the rephrase to me is just better access to the man himself mm-hmm. and, and his thought process. Um, I feel like getting the genuine article... It's a, it's a hard thing to believe even even with footage of the damn thing it, it's hard for me to believe this this happened uh that there was there's a person that exists that uh, you can pick a spot in the sky and that that's where he was sitting uh i i you know and so i think as far as rewatchability i i agree with you peter that i i'm still kind of in the mood to like to dig deeper it's like i want to hear this this man tell a story again and see the photographs and that's nothing against the, the walk i, right. I think you'll both bring up excellent points and i do fear for the the longevity of the of the walk because uh with gravity i have seen it um on home video on blu-ray uh on my television and i didn't have that same uh right. that journey with the you character can't recapture that. yeah um, so I think in the long run, you know, uh, Peter, what you're saying about recommending, I actually would recommend the documentary for that reason. I mm. think that people may, you know, with us sort of going on about how great the walk is as an experience, if they don't, if they miss it and, you know, IMAX 3D, uh, they may look at you funny and be like, yeah, it was pretty cool. But I don't think they're going to be seeing the same movie that we did. So in that respect, I think, man – on wire will hold up better in the long run and, and that would be the one that i would recommend the one i would choose for myself
0: yeah yeah the point is don't miss it on imax 3d yeah Just go right, see it. right.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah so yeah we're we're definitely not, not knocking the walk for that uh that's that's what we all recommend is to watch that in imax 3d um yeah it, it was rough because it was 18 bucks for me uh, i mean i, I know jameson you, you get some uh some freebies
1: uh, Mike, did you have to pay out of pocket too? Because I know you got that movie pass. Out of pocket movie pass does not cover 3D movies. So was, yikes! Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Everest got me uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I did pass on uh, the Martian. I just went with standard uh, 2D. Yeah, uh, I didn't have that
0: I, option. The yeah, opening night it was only in 3D. Oh wow.
1: Well, the the way they did it to my uh, local theaters, they programmed it on multiple screens in 3D and then they only had like one time like you know every 3 hours in 2D. And so that was the pack showing uh-huh. and uh I had to get tickets about 7 hours early for that one, but <laughs> I I did ring up that movie pass. So thank you movie pass for covering me on that one. There you go. Uh so I guess, you know, the the final thing is Jameson. Thank you for joining us and you've, you've already mentioned your your podcast and and uh-huh. passing, but uh, you know, let's spotlight it uh, yet again. Tell us where Robert Zemeckis goes to, to hear a uh, movie talk <laughs> right. and where other join people can you. listen to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Join Robert Zemeckis in listening to real films podcast. You can find it on iTunes, real films podcast or on Twitter at real films cast. Uh, and, and all the other stuff I do, you can find oh, uh, you can find there too as well.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to, you know, toss it out to the listeners here. If, you know, if, if, you know, you guys are fans of uh, documentaries and, you know, if you also like us, prefer the documentary over uh the the feature film the walk you know check out jameson on real films where they you know review the you know the best documentaries you know um there's ones i've never heard of and i haven't watched and i'll listen anyway and you know you and jason do such a great job covering it. it you know it makes me go and watch these movies So you know, excellent. That's uh, the whole point. Yeah. So it's uh, definitely a great listen. I've I've definitely found some gems I otherwise would not never had before. Good. good. Yeah,
1: I would recommend starting with the the Thin Blue Line episode. I don't know who the genius was that uh, (laughs) was clamoring for that one, but Uh uh, big thanks to him. Just just a small guy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Obviously. Any more male nudity? You want a spotlight? N- N- this N- is N- the music place. Oh man, on, on the spot here. Mr.
0: Skin of Male Nudity. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> favorite favorite uh, male butt shot on film. That's our final thought. I don't know. Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. That's the first thing. that it's pretty good. Popped into my head. It's not it, though. It's not it. Oh, all right. What's yours?
0: <laughs> it's not, it's not, ooh, sorry. Not number one choice.
1: <laughs> there's, there's an obvious choice here. Actually, there's only one choice, and that is Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. That's the Diego. all-time. Oh, right. That's, that's right. in front right of the window. Yep.
0: Come on! Yeah. You
1: get the, the 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 woman gasping as she sees it. Oh, it's perfect. I gasp as well every time. I don't know if anyone could ever touch that man in roadhouse form. So no. yeah, that's that's the obvious one.
0: We'll see what the remake they want to do. Oh god,
1: we'll be doing that for the show. I mean, there you I'll, go. I'll be, I'll be bitching about it the entire
0: time. Yes, sir.